1: Uh, just absolutely fantastic. I almost uh, waxed Osteen there. We got a little religious, got a little <laughs> sentimental. But, uh, no, it's fantastic. I, I really enjoyed it. I took the walk of life yesterday. I happened to walk by the uh, – I, I, well, I end up every day by the Pompano Beach Pier because I always contemplate just making a left there and jumping, which uh, you know, usually would be the case <laughs> after a- any trip to the racetrack, although I had a very favorable trip to the racetrack yesterday on Mother's nice. Day. I decided to celebrate Mother's Day by plunging on the ponies, and it turned out uh, very favorable, which is a good omen going into the Preakness after getting wiped off the face of the planet in the Kentucky Derby, but (coughs) See what happened there, uh, Louie? We were onto this. I I think we had a scoop (coughs) before this became a story. Yes, I mean, you could do that sound all day around this one. Bob Baffert and the Kentucky Derby. (coughs) Why was Sammy Sosa Hanging around the saddling ring. Exactly. (laughs) Why was Sammy Sosa hanging around the saddling ring and uh, being very uh, buddy-buddy with one Bob Baffert, who now has uh, had 30 failed drug tests. Now, anything can happen. I mean, there are traces of things. Uh, It's possible. But Mm. uh, nonetheless, this one seems uh, a little bit odd, as uh, it's happened before with Bob Baffert. And somehow these drugs mysteriously get into the bloodstream of winning Baffert horses, including now in the Kentucky Derby, where Medina Spirit may be disqualified, ultimately, if this uh, second drug test that they're going to do, uh, they're going to go ahead and uh, re-examine it, see if uh, what they had was right, the original result. If the original result uh, ends up standing, we're talking Mark McGuire, we're talking Barry Bonds, we're talking Roger Clemens, uh, we're talking you're out of the Derby. it be the second time that a horse was disqualified from a Derby victory for illegal drug infusion into the horse's system. Uh, This goes all the way back to 1968. The horse Dancer's Image was disqualified for an excessive amount of butazolidin, which became a commonly used drug and more than permissible in thoroughbred racing just six years later. But nonetheless, history will show that Dancer's Image, the original winner of the Kentucky Derby in 1968, was taken down. Forward Pass was declared the winner. Now we had the DQ with maximum security, a couple of years ago, and of course, that was very beneficial to all of us that listened to uh, the Degenerate Friday show because Jersey Kyle Martinez had given out Country House as his horse of choice, and Country House was declared the winner. Now, this was an entirely different story than, than what's going on with Dancer's Image or what happened in the past with Dancer's Image and what's happening with Bafford and Medina Spirit this week. Now, Medina Spirit is scheduled to go, Libby, you'll find this interesting. Scheduled to go into Preakness. In spite of the fact that Baffert has now been temporarily suspended from racing horses at Churchill Downs, the Preakness, of course, at Pimlico in Maryland, in Baltimore, Maryland, and uh, Baffert can't enter any horses at Churchill Downs, which uh, I, I don't know that he does outside of the Derby and maybe a couple of other big stakes races. But uh, Baffert uh, now finds himself on a little bit of a hot seat, uh, and uh, it's the old uh, Lucy: nah. "You got some splaining to do." <laughs> He denies any knowledge uh, uh-huh. of this uh, uh, steroid that was in the horse's system and uh-huh. uh, says that uh, he has no idea how it got there. He doesn't believe that there is a conspiracy against him. Uh, but unfortunately for Bob Baffert, uh, very much a giant question mark in the Mysterians hovering over this year's Kentucky Derby. Now, that doesn't help you if you lost money. Yeah, you don't and, get your money back. <laughs> uh, you don't get you your money back. You don't money.
2: Get
1: <laughs> This happened here uh, a while back, many, many years ago, in a race uh, that I ended up getting uh, a benefit of when uh, Chiefs Crown and Proud Truth uh, ran together. And I want to say, I don't know if it was the Flamingo Stakes, but it was a big stakes race. And uh, I believe it might have been the Flamingo. Proud Truth was declared the winner on a DQ as Chiefs Crown was taken down. And then later, as everybody was mystified that they disqualified this horse, the stewards at the time on the grounds at Hylia Park, and these are state stewards, unrelated and not regulated by the people at Highley Park. In fact, they do the regulating. And they decided to take a horse down for uh, intimidation in the stretch. And it was the biggest bogus call ever. I think I had a huge proud truth trained by John Veach, Chief's Crown Exacta. And I ended up cashing on that. But then a couple of weeks later, uh, the courts uh, reversed the decision. Or uh, some regulating board uh, in the state reversed the decision and said <laughs> that was like The biggest flop I've ever seen. I mean, a bogus foul all the way. And and so the people who cashed, uh, they benefited. The people who lost money on that DQ, well, they they were left to uh, forever just uh, commiserate with the others who who had gotten coned by that decision. But uh, very interesting, Uh, and it's possible now that Mandaloon, ridden by Florent Giroux, who is, of course, the uh, jockey that is represented by Kate and Bradar's husband, Doug Bradar, ends up getting a Derby victory. And, uh, well, I mean... Unless something really strange happens with this uh, drug sample, the, uh, the horse is more than likely to be disqualified. I, 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 want, I want to say that that's going to happen. Did, did you uh, notice, Luby, and I don't know if you can dig any of this up because I can't remember exactly when it happened, but uh, uh, the bitter Piscataway Ray, who, who would never bet Baffert if his life depended on it, wouldn't matter, uh, Baffert could be running secretariat against a field of cheap claimers, <laughs> At Thistle Downs, and he still would not bet on Baffert because he just doesn't like Baffert. Mm-hmm. Which, uh, yeah, Baffert's been a very engaging and good ambassador for horse racing, has he not, in terms of his personality? He brought a lot of personality into the game. A lot of people thought it was just run by a bunch of stiffs, and then Baffert put the uh, derby trophy on his head and wore it as a hat. And everybody fell in love with the guy, and he's had uh, just unbelievable, overwhelming success, including a couple of Triple Crown winners in recent history and justify an American pharaoh he wins virtually everything he had and uh, I guess the old joke was remember Antonio Cromartie Luby on that HBO uh, hard knocks when, when Antonio yes. Cromartie of the Jets was yes, naming yes, off yes. all of his kids the and they were all kids. three years old they were all like yeah. the
2: age of horses horse like thoroughbreds
1: yeah they were all three years old I mean he had like 16 three-year-olds <laughs> and uh you know we were saying that he had more three-year-olds in the barn good ones uh, than Bob Baffert <laughs> which Baffert was on like his fifth string horse when he ran this Medina Spirit in the Kentucky Derby and still managed to get the win. So very interesting story swirling around. And this, as uh, we have the backdrop of the Preakness second leg of the Triple Crown to be run, ironically, or oddly, I guess it Lubi be uh, Mandaloon was not going to run in the Preakness and is not going to run in the Preakness. The post position draw is uh, Tuesday now, postponed for a day, because they have to figure out what they're going to do about Medina Spirit, who is scheduled to go and could be going for a Triple Crown if this drug sample is reversed and the results are reversed and he ultimately is allowed to uh, maintain his Kentucky Derby winning status. So uh, we'll see what happens. But a very interesting story and a lot of things swirling around. It couldn't involve a bigger figure in thoroughbred racing than Bob Baffert. Uh, Twenty-nine previous uh, failed drug tests by his horses, and they've almost all been routinely treated with a slap on the wrist. Mike Luby-Lewitz, a slap on the wrist. But this time I think the anvil is going to come down if uh, Bob Baffert's horse is found. Uh, now, uh, these are minor traces. And uh, this is a drug uh, that you're allowed to have a very, very small percentage in your system. And uh, he had uh, twice the illegal dose. Uh, So it was like uh, blowing a 1.6 there. It was Sana Bayul time when you got pulled over for a DUI. All right. Many other things happening. You wanted to get into this heat thing. 130, 124. Huge win. And uh, this would be the subject. It's kind of become a fairly easy story to write, although it still seems like something you just don't want to wrap your arms around. And that is, uh, is it possible that all of our fro, four pro teams are good. Meh. And the Miami Heat uh, trying to lock up that sixth spot and avoid the play-in thing, which uh, would be some treacherous turf. I mean, you don't want to subject yourself to a one-game situation and get knocked out of the postseason. And so th- these were meaningful games against the Boston Celtics, and they managed to win this game on Sunday, 130-124, to 124, behind some uh, very hefty balanced scoring. Jimmy Butler, 26-8-11. Duncan Robinson, 22 in a game. Bam out of bio had 20. Trevor Ariza chipped in with 19. And the Heat were off to the races in this one. 79 53 at halftime, Luby. And then. But mm-hmm. would somebody please call Pat Riley and suggest that he at least look into the altitude simulation? Yeah, how they These not? These guys are running out of gas. It's every fourth They're running quarter. out of gas. <laughs> yeah.
2: Like they dominate the entire game. And then the fourth quarter happens, and magically they forget how to play basketball.
1: Pretty crazy, right? I mean, was it fatigue? Do we need to send them uh, over to Altitude Hyper International know. and say, hey, get these chambers installed. Don't run out of gas at the moment of truth. That's the last thing you want. So the uh, heat prevailed, though, 130 That opens up two on the Celtics. They meet again tomorrow night. But these were two huge games, and in today's deal, Volkswagen, the forest fouls. It, it is great. I mean, you had the Panthers also, winners 5-1 over Tampa Bay. And they play again tonight. What they are battling for is home ice advantage in the first-round playoff series where they are going to meet again. And Joel Quenville, who was brilliant, by the way, on Friday when he came on the show. How refreshing was Joel Quenville to talk to? He was so fun. Coach of the Panthers.
2: Yeah, he was fun.
1: First time we ever had him on the show, and you never know how that's going to go, right? Uh, you throw a couple of jokes out there, and uh, you, you don't know if the guy's going to take exception. You, you think Tortorella would have been happy about it if we were in Columbus, Ohio, doing the show? Which, by the way, John Tortorella got fired by the Columbus Blue Jackets after six seasons. Fired. He was at the uh, end of his contract. Uh, The fact they hadn't uh, renegotiated that thing and extended it, probably an indicator that uh, he was on, dare we say it, Luby, thin ice. There you go. But John Tortorella, always a controversial coach, but uh, he he took the Columbus Blue Jackets to great heights, right? It was just a couple of years ago. They were riding the back of uh, one Sergei Bobrovsky into, what, the conference championship round even though uh, they weren't uh, really loaded with the kind of talent that some of the other teams were. But uh, you can always ride the hot goaltender. That's what you have to hope for. Uh, with Joel Quenville and the Florida Panthers, who put up a, a monster effort in beating Tampa Bay 5-1. to And so they now are two points ahead of Tampa Bay. Uh, and this game, is that not the last game of the regular season? I think is, is so. Tonight's, tonight's game, I think they're only playing 56 in the NHL. Yeah. And the Panthers are playing 55. Is that the right number, Louie? I don't want to give out bad information here on the show, the first Panthers. thing on a Monday morning. Although you know we're, we're not necessarily. Yeah, totally yeah, I don't see another Panther that. game for a
2: while, so I think it's the last game for the. Pa- I mean, there's other games going on, I think, but it's the last game for the Panthers. I think. I don't see another game. I believe game for 56
1: them. was the uh, target number for the regular season, uh, and uh, so the Panthers, uh, yeah, because uh, you've already had Carolina clinch the division. Yep. And they played 55 games; they're up three on the Florida Panthers, so uh, that sets up the matchup between the Cats. And the Lightning in the first round of the playoffs, uh, which Quenville mentions in the interview, that's going to be our instant replay. And uh, that means there's a possibility. They, they've already played Saturday night. They're going to play tonight. Now, I'm not sure. Uh, does Tampa Bay hold a tiebreaker over the Panthers? We'll have to check into this. Because okay. uh, we are totally unprepared to give you this answer. <laughs> but uh, and, and it's, you know, confusing to figure out. I, I don't know what constitutes a tiebreaker in hockey. Head-to-head matchups? Is that the first tiebreaker? Like it is in I uh, professional
2: football? Now I
1: would think. Percentage in the conference. Uh, but it's very possible if Tampa would give you a tap in a very sensitive area as he was getting up off the ground, even though you thought uh, it would be worthwhile to help him up, and then, boom, there goes the elbow in that right spot, that very sensitive spot. Yep. Which has you doubled over for, like, ten minutes before the – I mean, is that the greatest feeling ever? Have you ever been nailed in that spot there, oh, Luby?
2: That's
1: the worst. Yeah, it happened to me a couple of times uh, as a Not kid. Uh, once when I was uh, catching in, in a baseball Oof. game. And, you know, you have the cup there, but uh, it doesn't necessarily cover the entire problem. Nope,
3: nope, nope,
1: nope. Oh, my God. You're laying on the ground in agony, and there is no greater relief. I mean, uh, it may (laughs) even be better than, uh, you know, post-sexual pleasure, but uh, there is no greater relief when that pain begins to subside.
2: Subside. (laughs) Yeah.
1: I mean, as soon as it begins to subside, even though you're still in agony, you're feeling (laughs) great. All right, ref, I'm ready to go, right? They always give the guy five minutes when he gets hit below the belt there. And oh, we're supposed sure. to have five minutes to recover, but the guy, the ref is always pushing the guy to hurry it up, which doesn't make a whole lot of sense, right? Because the ref will say, you got five minutes, Johnny. Don't worry about it. Five minutes. And, uh, you know, the guy usually up to 30 seconds, the ref's like, come on, Johnny. You ready to go? Let's go. <laughs> People are waiting out there. <laughs> we only got two hours of television time here, exactly. and Don King's uh, putting pressure on us. Uh, Luka Doncic pulls one of those moves on uh, Sexton, I believe it was. Yes. In a Mavericks game uh, just yesterday. And and Doncic is also treading on some thin ice, right, with 15 technicals this year? Yep, yep. Uh, This didn't constitute a technical. Uh, It was uh, deemed a flagrant foul. He was ejected from the game. Yep. But uh, one more technical, and he has to sit out a one-game suspension, which would mean uh, in all likelihood he uh, misses a playoff game. Yep. Not good for the Mavs. No, no. So uh, pretty wild stuff that happened over the weekend. All right, the Marlins lose 2-1. Uh, Alcantara, we can't get over 500. every time we get near there. We were sitting there at 15-16 two days ago, Luby. 15-16 and 16, and ready to uh, go ahead and consolidate the idea that we're a very good team. And sure enough, uh, they lose two in a row. Uh, both, uh, uh, well, Saturday's game was sort of listless. They lose that 6-2 and then lose 2-1 in 10. Alcantara is our version, the Marlins' version of Jacob deGrom. Is he he not? really get screwed. No run support whatsoever. We had two guys picked off first in the same game by left-handed pitchers, Libby. That's not two heads up, one of which, of course, I mean, uh, you know, you wouldn't figure Miggy Rojas getting picked off, huh? Must have had a pretty good move, this guy. But uh, two guys picked off first. Uh, the Marlins are now 2-7 in one-run games on the season. So that has been a nemesis for them. And uh, Don Manningley was regretting the fact that he didn't have Isan Diaz is Isan Diaz, and you know, you're rooting for these kids, but uh, let's face it, he's not hitting his weight, is he? He's
2: become important. We're like, oh, we don't have Isan. We're screwed. I didn't All even right. know he was on the lineup.
1: <laughs> he was in the lineup, unfortunately, in the 10th inning, and he struck out in a spot, you know, when they put the runner on second. And, uh, Marlon's down a run now. You know you have to score this run. Yep. And Mattingly was thinking about having a bunt, but he figured if the guy puts the ball in play, he puts it to the right side, and your runner's going to go to third anyway. And instead. <laughs> Struck him out, which uh, has been a problem for the Marlins, I, I think. Did they strike out like 30 times in the last two games? I don't know. They struck out a lot. It's getting ponderous to watch baseball, though. I mean, when I was watching that Bumgarner game the other night, uh, when Bumgarner uh, was on the hill for the Diamondbacks, and he struck out seven guys in a row, I what wasn't it? I mean, it was a disgrace to strike out, wasn't it, when, when yes. you were growing up as a kid? Anybody that's uh, in the uh, geezers at Caesars category, which a lot of us are, but... I mean, even for you, Luby, when you struck out, I, didn't, didn't you feel like an idiot? Double play is the only thing worse. Put your bat on the ball. Do
2: something. Don't just stri- – striking out sucks. I hate striking
1: A uh, Double play can be uh, arbitrary bad luck. Uh, y- you can hit a laser shot, and it just happens to go right at an infielder. You're hitting with double play, or at least you made contact. But uh, what happened uh, – they're firing hitting coaches like the Mets did with Chili Davis, but what happened in the whole concept of doing something a little bit differently – when you have two strikes on you. I think that that's a big part of the problem, isn't it? That uh, with two strikes, nobody changes up anything. They, nope. they don't try to make contact. They just go ahead and swing away. Same swing that they just missed two in a row on. Here, here you go. Let, let's just miss another one by three feet and be, uh, you know, a complete second behind and, and taking a swing. Now, what happened is shortening up, right? You'd see the guy change the grip there. Mendoza would start talking about, look at that. He's choking up on the bat there, Michael. <laughs> Thanks, Jessica. I'd never heard of the concept before. I mean, <laughs> I, I, I don't know that. Uh, is she missed uh, in the booth. Uh, no, nothing no. against her. Seems like a very lovely young lady and obviously a very accomplished young lady. I don't mean to uh, speak uh, ill of her or cast aspersions just because it uh, drove me absolutely out of my mind when she was doing all of that analysis. See, these people with the technical analysis on virtually everything. Louis Riddick is uh, also in that, that mode. And I, I want to like Louis Riddick, don't you? I do like him, but, yes, he is excessive. It's just an endless like lesson, like like you're sitting there taking notes. Oh yeah, well you know what? When the uh, guard pulls like that, get get out of here. We're watching a football game, bunch of fat guys falling down. Please, how technical can it get? All right, uh, we're coming back with more. It's the ALT Defo Show, and uh, Altitude International uh, is bringing you the program today, and of course uh, every day during uh, our week, and uh, just getting started here later on. John Kajemi, Dateline Dolphins, been a smash hit, a big success. We're gonna do that every Monday. At 9 o'clock, we'll also broaden the conversation to include more NFL things and also some college football with John Congemi, who, of course, has been covering college football as an outstanding analyst with ESPN for at least, what, a dozen years? This guy's been around for a while. And very articulate and well thought out. Has all the inside scoop. They cut McCain. No. And yeah, that wasn't John McCain. That was the defensive Bobby back. McCain. And, Bobby McCain. Yeah. And he was one of their leaders, huh? Yeah.
2: They've gotten Cutting rid of all guy. three, quote-unquote, captains, but, I mean, they were guys that weren't, I don't know. I mean, Van Noy could have seen him be here for a couple more years. They gave him a lot of money, but McCain, I never got the McCain thing. People loved McCain. Their safeties were a major weakness last year.
1: All right, they uh, picked up McCourty, right, uh, from the New England Patriots. And, uh, you know, very uh, confident, but uh, hasn't he been around for a while, McCourty? Yes,
2: he's 34, and he was he's the weak, the lesser of the McCourty's. Devin McCourty is a pro bowler. Jason McCordy's fine, but he's never been on the same level as as his brother.
1: All right, so some uh, things to talk about with John Congemi and the uh, Dolphins changing up their roster, and uh, we'll get into uh, the direction of the team with John and what to expect during the season. But all of our teams looking pretty good, right? Five-game improvement last year by the Dolphins. One more game they're in the postseason. Marlins uh, showing signs of life until these last couple of days uh, when they uh, threw in the towel there against... The uh, Milwaukee Brewers, who, who didn't have Christian Yellich in the lineup, uh, so it was a good opportunity there to uh, pick up a series win anyway. And uh, unfortunately, in uh, tough luck yesterday. They lose that one 2-1. to one. The Heat uh, winning a big ball game against Boston, and the Panthers uh, tonight close out the regular season against the Tampa Bay Lightning in what is also a meaningful game for those two clubs. At least I believe it to be the case. Yes. we have to check that out. Does Tampa Hall the tiebreaker over the Panthers? All right, uh, Joel Quenville. I think you guys are going to enjoy this if you didn't catch it on the Degenerate Friday show while we're out at Gulfstream uh, representing Deal Volkswagen. Joel Quenville, coach of the Panthers. Uh, very uh, interesting interview with Joel Quenville coming up next on 940 Wins, 1230 The Zone, and around the world on the iHeartRadio app on a Peel Yourself Off the Mat Monday. Back with more in a moment. Now that. The time. Did we cover everything there, Lumi? I think yes. so. 6.27.
3: Defo is so entertaining to listen to. Your knowledge transcends sports. The way you articulate it is—it makes it very entertaining for us in the morning. The
2: morning just isn't right without Defo. Welcome back
3: to the Defo Show.
1: this is great. Good, We're having good, a splendid day out here at Gulfstream Park for live trackside at Gulfstream Park. Watch your morning workouts on the Deal Volkswagen Degenerate Friday. I'm Jeff DeForest. We have Mike Luby Lubitz with you on 940 Wins, 1230 The Zone, and around the world on the iHeartRadio app. This is the local sports story of the year. I don't think there's any question about that. People can talk about the Dolphin draft and whether the Heat are going to make it to the NBA Finals, resurgent Marlins recently on a three-game winning streak, but nobody has written a better story so far this year, and that's why you see such an extra bounce in the steps of Steve Goldie-Goldstein, Red Deer Randy Moeller, Craig Murnavini from the broadcast team, Because the Florida Panthers are just lighting it up, and it's a pleasure to welcome and a distinction for us to have on the show for the first time, I believe, the great Joel Quenville, the head coach of the Florida Panthers. Joel, how are you? Thanks so much for being on the show today.
3: Uh, My pleasure. Thanks for having me. It's great.
1: All right. I've seen a lot of magic shows out in Las Vegas. I've seen some of the greatest. We've seen Copperfield. Lance Burton was a particular favorite of mine. The lovely Melanie. How did you do it? I mean, uh, it's as if you waved a magic wand over this team, and all of a sudden they're just as tough as nails. Uh, uh, your synopsis of, of, of what transpired this year, I mean, we weren't seeing this kind of play last year necessarily. Seems like Bill Zito has sprinkled in some uh, real key elements, but how did this come together, and, and how did you uh, you know, manage to sustain it all year long?
3: Well, I give Bill a lot of credit for uh, bringing in the new staff and, uh, and, uh, and identifying some players that could help our team. Uh, you, know, we, uh, you know, Hornquist comes in, gives us a lot of energy. Uh, we got uh, Verhage from Tampa Bay, and all of a sudden uh, winning a championship and coming over with his enthusiasm really added uh, another element to our team. Uh, Barkey's had a tremendous year um you know all our top guys we've had a heck of a year uh prior to getting hurt Deckblade was outstanding on the blue line uh his partner weger's had a good year almost yeah, i can talk about every single guy everybody individually has had some really strong seasons and a collective uh add- on to that is uh you know we're uh we're we're playing harder as a team we're more consistent in our effort uh and uh we're getting points most uh in every game we have a chance to get points so it's been a uh, Fun team to work with and the guys are really enjoying the situation we're in and uh, met our first goal here of being a playoff team. And now we uh got a couple left here against Tampa to sort things out exactly uh, who's going to, well, there still could be uh, some other changes, but uh, our likely opponent is going to be Tampa, which uh, is the best test we could ever have.
1: Is there a bad blood there between the Panthers and, and Tampa? Uh, we know there are great rivalries. You were coaching Colorado. I mean, uh, that was uh, a bloodbath with the Red Wings all the time. They would drop the gloves before they even dropped the puck on some occasions. But uh, has that rivalry uh, intensified? Because uh, both franchises doing very well, and Tampa obviously would be a target for anybody to try and mow down if you were going to win a Stanley Cup.
3: Well, I agree. I think that uh, playing all divisional games this year, and uh, and then playing these two games prior to playing them, a uh, seven-game set, uh, possibly could be playing these guys nine straight games. So that uh, that creates enough uh, animosity in itself, and uh, that familiarity sometimes uh, creates uh, all kinds of uh, you know storylines, let's say, and. Uh, um, but, uh, they, you know, they could have potentially getting uh, Kucherov back, Stamkos back, and, uh, you know, get two of the best players in the game. So that, uh, that, that gives them uh, some different weapons. And, uh, but we played them well this year, and, uh, and the games sometimes get a little bit uh, competitive, um, but they've, they've been exciting games as well. And uh, so we expect uh, hard games in uh, these two games here against them. Still has something to, uh, to determine you know, who's going to be uh, having home ice if uh, things get sorted out between Carolina and uh, and Tampa.
2: Coming to you from the off-lease-only studios on this Deal Generate Friday, Defoe, of course, is at Gulfstream Park talking to the icon, the great, the legend himself, Florida Panthers coach, Joel Quenville. I just want to touch on something, Joel, because Defoe brought it up, and it's true. Like, this team has sort of struggled when it came to defense, when it's come to aggressiveness. Like, shots on goal, it'd be like 50 to 10 when you'd watch Panther games. But it's totally reversed this year and the last couple of years since you've come in. Specifically, I know you're modest and you talked about you named every player on the roster and I appreciate it. But what have you done specifically? Because we've joked about it for years about this team. The shots on goal is so, it's frustrating to watch them, you know. And it's been decisively different this season specifically when you watch them on both ends of the, of the ice. Like, What have you done specifically to really get them that aggressiveness into this ball, into this hockey club?
3: Well, we like to, uh, we want the puck, we want to keep it, and we want to keep it as long as we can, and when we don't have it, we want to get it back as quickly as we can. And I think our guys, uh, defensively, there's a rhyme or a reason how we have to play systematically. Uh, But offensively, there's a lot of freedom to play, and uh, use your creativity, and we feel we've uh, added uh, some balance in our lineup. We've got some speed in our lineup, Um, and uh, and I think all lines can score. And I think this year we have... uh, some uh, some guys that are offensively having big years or power plays usually effective and uh, contributes to that uh, offensive as well. So it's been a lot of good things, and uh, I'm not going to mention all the guys again. I'm just a little bit I, I'm just a little bit jealous that uh, he gets to watch horses working out in the morning, which I uh, oh I like that stuff.
1: <laughs> well, come on out at any time. Yes. Uh, you would love it out here. It's very inspiring, uh, and uh, you know, and we get to visit our money out here at the track also. Joel, uh, the great yeah, Joel Quimble yeah, 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 is here. Yeah. yeah. I'm sure too. I mean, uh, you know, you probably come home uh, to Coral Springs to the family after games, uh, just uh, whistling our favorite tune, on which is "Who dooby Doo. D- this guy looks like Maurice Richard this year, passing the a
3: He's a dynamite. Yeah, he had a good start, but now, uh, you know, he's had a with with the, when Bennett came uh, to our team. There, they seem to instantly uh, gravitate to one another, and the chemistry's been uh, been outstanding, and uh, the the production they had. Uh, Duclair on the line, they get Tippett on the line now, They're, uh, but the, the two of them have really been uh, productive and uh, controlling games, and, uh, and all of a sudden, you get a one-two punch uh, with Barkey's line. You know, it gives the opponent of, uh, a lot of decision to make, so which line is going to be covered tonight and uh, absorb some of their, their top matchups with a defensive pair, and uh, somebody's going to be the beneficiary tonight, so it's a uh, I love having that uh, type of options and uh, and all of a sudden we, when we put our four lines that we've been looking at uh, the last couple of days which could start uh, in the playoffs I mean we, we have a lot of options of being uh, dangerous on all lines and uh, but Yubi um, he's having uh, you know he's playing his best hockey since I've been here.
1: How large of a staff of psychiatrists do you have to have to uh, have goalies? that can play consistently are, are these the strangest people in all of sport uh, in terms of uh, just being oddball uh, idiosyncratic uh, and, and how do you do you have three guys that are all playing well
3: um it's a uh, you know they all belong to that union and uh, and we have robbie <laughs> number, a card carrying <laughs> member that works with them as well we got lou upstairs we got a goaltender uh whole academy of uh, of goaltenders that are uh, seem to uh, have a lot of familiarity of the mindset but these guys are, uh, you know, individually. Knight are coming in uh, out of college and uh, giving us, uh, you know, you know, just coming in here, just doing an unbelievable job. And uh, and then Bob, uh, Bob's uh, been been solid this year, but way more uh, consistent than the prior. And uh, Drege just gives us something to think about every time he goes in the net by getting the job done. So uh, we got Bob uh, be going uh, tomorrow, and uh, and Driege coming off an injury will be going uh, Monday, and then. Uh, you know, we'll go from there. But uh, you know, Bob's uh, you know has been that guy, and uh, he'll get a great chance to, to get the net, and, and we'll go from there.
1: Man, obviously, uh, you have to get hot uh, at the goaltending position if you're going to have any chance in the Stanley Cup. Uh, you've won three of them, uh, Coach yep. Quenville, uh, with that uh, great Chicago squad that uh, became such a dynamite force, and uh, you've knocked on the door many times. Won one as an assistant uh, in a previous stint in the NHL Uh, what is it going to take for this team to win the Stanley Cup Uh, should we start going with the old you got to believe thing because uh, it seems like the Panthers for whatever reason are being overlooked at least by the odds makers that we run into out here at the track and uh, it seems like a very fat and fair price uh, to get because I would think that that you all believe that you have Stanley Cup possibilities this year.
3: Well, a lot of things got to go right. Uh, you mentioned goaltending is a key factor. Um, you got to stay healthy. Matchups are important along the way. You need uh, momentum. You need uh, depth. Um, um, you got to stay healthy. Uh, touch wood when you say that. There's a lot of things, but, uh, you know, you just got to get the momentum going. In, in one, You know, you can't look any, any further ahead. It's a long road, uh, you know, when you look at it, uh, what it's going to take to win four rounds. Um, you can't think that far ahead, but uh, you got to be excited about the opportunity organization. It's been a long time to, to win a playoff round, um, but that's where it's got to start.
2: I'm talking with Florida Panthers coach Joel Quenville here at 940Wins on the iRadio app. So looking at the resume, Chicago, St. Louis, Colorado, great hockey towns, also ridiculously cold. You're now down here in South Florida, <laughs> Coach Q. He said, quote, that's where I reside. Divo and I have been down here for years. How do you like it down here as opposed to those very, very, very cold hockey towns?
3: Uh, I love it. Uh, you know, since I've been here every single day, it's, I, I have a better appreciation for how nice it is and how fortunate we are to be in, in this type of a climate uh, during hockey season. Um, so it's a uh, that's, its a good opportunity for the guys. I mean, come to the rink, we do what we do, and uh, the guys... Uh, you know, we want to make this a destination for uh, you know players uh, going forward that they uh, you know they can win in Tampa. Why why can't we win in South Florida? So exactly. it's a uh, it's a uh, I think we uh, Bill's done a good job of uh, putting the, the groundwork uh, in in place for that type of success long term. Um, but in the, in the meantime, as a coach, uh, our our business we don't we can't think any longer than the next game, and um, and then in between games, we've given these guys some nice days off this year to at least. Uh, you know, rest up in prior, to, prior to games because it's a different schedule. Um, they take advantage of it. Not many teams have the, the luxury of uh, being outside and, and doing some of the things that uh, we've been able to do all year.
1: All right, one final thing, because uh, Bill Zito has become our second <laughs> favorite Zito, only behind Nick Zito, of course, who had the magic <laughs> sure. touch uh, out here with various horses and achieved uh, great uh, accomplishments here in the game of thoroughbred racing, which I'm glad to see you embrace. Woodbine as a kid? Uh, did you get over there, <laughs> Coach? Uh, uh, or uh, you're Not Hawthorne when you were in Chicago.
3: Um, I would go to Windsor Raceway when I was a kid. The odd time, we'd go to Hazel Park. I grew up in Windsor. So we'd go to the odd time, we go to Hazel or DRC. And, uh, and that was it. And then we graduated when I got a little older, uh, playing in uh, Hartford. We'd go to Saratoga. And then hey. oh, I went from harness to thoroughbred racing. And... Uh, and now I all thoroughbred racing,
1: and I just love it. Yeah, I mean, I would imagine uh, some of those trips to Buffalo could only be enhanced by a visit to Batavia. <laughs> 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 I bet the Jughead's uh, the uh, over there. The I'm legs. sure no. Moeller would be happy to go with you now if uh, that was the MO <laughs> on the travel itinerary. Uh, but, uh, no, he, this guy has a magic touch also, does he not? I mean, uh, you mentioned some of these even in-season acquisitions have turned out to be pure strokes of genius.
3: He's had some Midas touch, and uh, well, I give him a lot of credit. though. Their, their, their staff is very uh, thorough, and, uh, and looking at uh, acquiring guys, I know at the deadline when we got Bennett, uh, you know, we didn't know how good he could be, and uh, he really, really filled a great uh, need, in our, in our, in a, in a, whether it's a second-line center or depth center, um, and, uh, and all of a sudden, but his enhancement to, to our, our skill level in the middle um, he's tough. He's, uh, he's in the right spots. He's added some speed to our lineup. So, you know, I think in a short amount of time, he's kind of like, uh, I don't, I don't want to necessarily surprise us, but it's been a real nice addition to our team. And he's, uh, you know, just that acquisition alone. And, and you can never have enough good centermen. Um, talk about that in the defense area as well, but, uh, that was definitely a need of us as, as an organization.
1: Oh, you'd be happy to know uh, that in addition to the headsets we have on out here at Gulfstream Park, we have our Stanley Cup replica hats. Yes with (laughs) which we're wearing proudly you're hoping to make a run this year Uh, we had the year of the rat Uh, this might be as the gambling gourmet suggested the year of the bat but nonetheless i I think it's going to be a great (laughs) postseason run for the panthers and uh, we can't thank you enough coach Uh, we'll have to have you out here at the track i think you'd really enjoy it i I know you enjoy conducting practice there uh, and getting the panthers ready and there's nothing like watching the horses go through their paces here in the morning To see uh, what they might be able to accomplish in the afternoon. Thanks so much for being with us. It was a pleasure having you on the show and
3: hope uh, to do it again soon. My pleasure. My pleasure. Thanks for having me, guys. Enjoy your day. What kind of question is
1: that? What kind of a question is that? How could you ask me a question like that?
0: Answer my question!
1: The question, jerk! Trivia Challenge, brought to by the great people at Gulfstream Park. The Spring, summer meet is on. They're racing Thursday through Sunday. You can also place your wagers at FirstBet.com. On May 9th, 1973, Johnny Bench hit three home runs off of Philadelphia's starting pitcher to power the Reds to victory over the Phillies that day. It was the second time in his career he had hit three home runs off this same Philly pitcher in the same game. Today's Gulfstream Park Challenge question is, Who was the pitcher bench-nailed twice for three homers in a single contest? Was it Ken Brett, Steve Carlton, Dick Selma, or Jim Lonborg? That answer in a moment. Be a part of the exciting thoroughbred racing at Gulfstream Park. Establish a first bet account today and get into the game. There is no greater thrill in sport than the pulsating pace and chase to the wire of the glorious racing and intense competition taking place on the track at Gulfstream Park. Hallandale Beach Boulevard, and U.S. 1. For the latest information on dates, events, and fan access, log on to gulfstreampark.com. Bench hammered those three home runs against the great Steve Carlton, who he had accomplished that same off one time prior to that May 9th, 1973 mauling. That's today's mini trivia challenge, brought to you by the great people at Gulfstream Park. You can place your wagers at firstbent.com for all the exciting action of Gulfstream's spring summer meet.
3: My own mother says, really? I mean, really? We now return to The Defo Show. All
1: right, coming back with a lot more. Just getting rolling here. Peel yourself off the mat Monday. 940 wins, 1230 The Zone, around the world on the Eichert Radio app. The Greek at 3 o'clock on 940 wins this afternoon. Marlins baseball tonight. It is 940 for the first pitch as they schlep out to Arizona. And the desert. Take on the Diamondbacks. We're coming back with more in a moment. Now that. The time. Big math lesson coming up. It's uh, seven o'clock. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky.
0: Lucky in line at the deli, I guess. Aha! In my dentist's office.